We want to thank today's sponsor, FindMeCandidates.com. If you are having trouble finding great candidates for a position that you're trying to hire in your company, this is the solution, FindMeCandidates.com. You get to leverage their buying power to get your job listing top of mind in the best job boards available to find the best candidates for your job. So go check it out at FindMeCandidates.com. Welcome to Business Playmakers, the podcast that meets with innovators, trailblazers, and leaders to learn about their experience and what success really means. Hosted by entrepreneur and leadership coach, Kyle Gorman. The Business Playmakers podcast is brought to you by Employer Blueprint. Employer Blueprint is focused on developing great leaders and high-performing managers through one-on-one coaching and group workshops. To schedule coaching for you or your team, simply visit EmployerBlueprint.com. Thank you for joining us this week on the Business Playmakers Podcast. First, I want to remind you to subscribe to the show. You can do that through iTunes or wherever you get your favorite content. Also, I want to share with you, we are working through a three-week series right now on the four walls of management, and this is actually a recording from a live workshop that I did a while back, and we work through the four walls of management, meaning if you have not listen to the last two weeks, I highly encourage you to go check those out first, where we build um, a foundation of management, we introduce the principles, and then last week we talked about two of the four walls, which are definition and autonomy. This week we talk about sociability and recognition. I've seen these implemented in businesses uh, with great success. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out and let me know. I look forward to hearing from you. And don't forget, next week, we will be back with another great guest. So be sure to subscribe to the show. The next thing we want to do, the next wall that we are going to build is around sociability. Um, This can be a tough one for managers. Uh, This concept of not only allowing sociability, but actually what we want to do is promote sociability, encourage, and even participate in the social aspect of your department. Uh, Studies have shown that this is one of the greatest factors in job satisfaction, much greater than money. Um, If you feel like you have friends, relationships, and connections at work, you're much more likely to be satisfied Uh, with your job, you're much more likely to be loyal to the company. Uh, One of my favorite studies shows that a five-minute social interaction at work, okay, so what this means is standing around the coffee pot on a Monday afternoon. Um, uh, That means swinging by somebody's desk and talking about what you did last night. A five-minute interaction provides greater personal and professional health than a 15-minute break. And so think about that in your shoes as a manager. Where are you going to get the greatest productivity? That everybody goes and takes a 15-minute break, steps away completely from their desk, from their role of responsibility. They walk away. They clear their mind. 15 minutes, they come back. Take some five minutes to kind of get back, ramp back up and figure out what's going on. Or or a five-minute conversation. And now they walk away refreshed, re-energized, ready to go. And so you need to encourage that. And how we're going to encourage that is we're going to participate in that. Now, what I want to caution you on is don't leave here 
And um, don't leave here today and then immediately start being chummy chummy with, uh, with your team because they're going to know something's up. Okay? It has to be very authentic and be very natural. But <clears throat> what I would encourage you to do is uh, when people in your team are talking about their weekend, when people are talking about what they did last night, when they're talking about their kid's ball game, their dance recital, whatever it is, join in the conversation very naturally, like you did, like you would with anyone else in the world. Just join in the conversation. Oh, how was that ball game? You know what? You mentioned, you mentioned that, uh, that your daughter had a dance recital yet last night. How was that? Did you get any, do you have any pictures? I'd love to see them. Okay? And understand what's important to those people. So if they love their cats and you hate cats, look at stupid pictures of their cats. Okay? It's okay to do that. So what happens is if you as the manager, if you see if you all are sitting here talking and you're chit-chatting a little bit and I walk by and I give you the, right? But how many times have we done that? And now I've created separation between us. I've, I have done the opposite of creating loyalty. Now it's you versus me. And now it becomes, oh my gosh, I can't believe him. Every time he goes by, he does that. And you know he's not doing anything. He's going over to his office, propping up his feet. He sat in meetings the last three days. He hadn't, he hadn't even done anything. We're just sitting here talking real quick. I've been working, do you know how hard I've been working? Right, yeah, I wish I was a manager. I'd make more money, I'd have less stress, right? But that, that's exactly how it starts. That's what happens is we create that separation as opposed to something very natural. And I cannot express this enough. It has to be natural to say, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to interject, but I heard you talking about this. And um, yeah, I think my cousin was at that. How was that concert? That was really cool, right? We chit chat for a minute. Now here, now let me give you a little management secret, right? Here's the great thing is now I control when the interaction ends. Because if, I create, if I'm part of this conversation, if I not only accept it, but I encourage it and I participate, and we're talking for a few minutes and I realize, eh, maybe we're getting a little too long. Hey, I'd love to stay here and chat, but I know I've got a few things I gotta get done. I'll talk to y'all later. What do you think they're gonna do? <laughs> that jerk, can you believe him? His cousin went to that concert. No, yeah, I guess we should go back to work too. And now I've created a little bit of control over that situation. But the other thing does is it creates that sense of loyalty to you. It's no longer us versus them. We're all in this thing together, okay? And so we want to create this form of sociability in our area of responsibility that people feel like they have a connection to us, that people feel like they have a connection to the people that they work with, that we truly are a team and it's not, well, uh, you know, I've got the people I work with and then there's our boss over here. That's not what we want to create. That's not healthy. And so we want to be part of the social interaction. We want to encourage that social interaction. We want to participate in the social interaction that, that, um, uh, that our team is able to experience. You can't take it too far. And we're going to talk about that, this kind of blurred line, because unfortunately it's not incredibly black and white. But, you know, just as an example... Um, it's one thing for me to sit and have a great conversation about that concert. It's another thing to say, hey, y'all want to go to that concert tonight? That might or might not be appropriate, okay? And some of that depends on the relationship and friendship that you have. But here's what you have to think about. Is it's not necessarily, well, you know, I've known Alex for years. And we hang out outside of work all the time. So it's not a big deal that we're going to that concert. Now, the big deal is that everybody else sees this favoritism because, yeah, you know, Kyle and Alex are hanging out outside of work all the time. Okay, so you have to think about the whole relationship and how it interacts with the team. Because whenever you step into that management role, remember, our responsibility changes. 
It's not about us anymore. And we have to make decisions that aren't necessarily the most comfortable for us. And so we want to encourage sociability, but we also want to make sure we don't blur that line of manager. And, um, you know, one of the companies that I worked for in the interview process, it was a terrible interview process, um, and I mean that just from a, a personal stress perspective, uh, it was an eight-hour interview, and um, the first part was about an uh, hour and a half, two hours. I had eight um, vice presidents and CEOs sitting there with me, and it was a big panel interview, and then after they got done, each person had one-on-one -on -one time with me. And... Um, uh, it was awful. I mean, I, I just cannot tell you how exhausted I was at the end of that day. But, but of course, I had questions as well. Um, and that was the company I worked for where I, had, I managed 13 account executives in, in, um, in, that, in that realm of responsibility. Um, these were all, you know, highly educated people. Um, we traveled a lot. We worked very hard. And one of the things that I asked about uh, in that interview process, I asked each person individually, what is it about this company that makes you want to come to work here. You've got skills that you could take a lot of places. Why do you come to work here every day? And without fail, every single one of them in that one-on-one -on -one time mentioned the people. I love the people here. I love the people culture here. I love how connected we are. I love the relationships that we have. And, and I'll admit I was a bit intrigued. Um, I accepted, you know, I, I was offered the position, accepted the position, and, and um, and I was a bit intrigued to find out how true this really was. And let me just tell you, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Um, the company that I'd come from before was very strict eight to five. Like, show up at 7.59 and you're sucking up to somebody, and like show up at 8.01 and you're late. Like, that, that's kind of the culture it was. It was like eight to five, you're there. If you leave 10 minutes early on a Friday, like, oh, what's his problem? He's gonna lose his job, right? That, that's the way we did things. So I go into this new company and I'm, I'm accustomed to this very um, kind of strict culture and, um, and I thought we worked hard in that business. Um, so I go into this new company, and uh, 8 o'clock was a joke. I mean, people were there at 7, 7.30, 6.30 in the morning. I, I had a drive. I drove about 45 minutes to get to work, and so I like to get there early, beat traffic. And, and it, so I'd usually get to work between 6.30 and 7, and I was rarely the first one there. 8 o'clock meant nothing, and 5 o'clock meant nothing. If you leave at 5, you're leaving early. And no one thought anything of it. It was just part of the culture. It was just part of what had been created there. But anytime something went wrong, it was all hands on deck. It wasn't about where that department messed up. It wasn't about what that person did wrong. It was, we've got an issue. Everybody's involved. And I was amazed at this, this idea of work hard, play hard, and just how true that really was at this company. That 50, 60 hours was the norm, and no one thought anything of it. No one felt like they were being overworked and underpaid, even though we paid 20% less than our competitors. But people loved their job, and they loved their job because they loved the people. We had people, in a, we had 300 people in a call center, in multiple call centers. We had people in our call center that had been there for over 20 years and would never leave because of the people. They loved the people. There was a loyalty to the people. And it's all because of this wall. It's all because of this wall of sociability. Because they had built relationships and they built friendships. But the other thing that this company did, which I thought was amazing, <clears throat> was where they promoted this was the all managers and above within the organization once a year would get together off-site, not for a meeting. I mean, one year we went and had a wiffle ball tournament all day long. Grilled out, coolers, hanging out. It rained, it was muddy, weather was terrible, and we had the greatest time just hanging out with each other. 
grilling out, playing wiffle ball. We put together little teams and had a wiffle ball tournament. There was no business conducted whatsoever. Every other week, there was a standing meeting on the company calendar every other week at three o'clock to go to a local bar. And you'd see everyone from entry-level call center employee to the CEO. You never knew who was gonna show up. Whoever was available anytime between three and seven on a Friday night, they were there, hanging out, chit-chatting, getting to know each other. I remember whenever I started, the CEO took me around. And um, I, was, I was truly amazed how he knew everybody. And we would go through, and it wasn't just he knew names, because that in itself is impressed to me, because I'm terrible with names. But like he knew people. And he would talk to someone and he would say, hey, how's your son doing? Hey, how was that ball game last week? Hey, how about the Steelers, right? I mean, he was talking to people like they're friends. And I thought it was like just him putting on a show. And it wasn't. Like he really knew these people. He had friendships with these people. He had relationships with these people. And they respected him for it. And so whenever he said, this is something we're going to do and this is something that's important to this organization, guess what? We did it because we respected him. And so much of that was because of sociability. He'd encouraged that in the organization. And so, again, let's go, back to our, uh, let's go back to our workbook here, and we're gonna talk about this. So the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna look in the manager's mirror. How do you enjoy sociability in your role? What are some things that you appreciate from your supervisor, basically? What are some things that, that, uh, that you are able to do or allowed to do um, in your role that really helps promote sociability? And so what, what are some ways that you potentially discourage sociability in your team? You know, think about some of these things that we talked about. Uh, I know you're busy. We're all busy. And so sometimes that scowl on our face walking by a couple of people talking around a coffee isn't because we're mad at them. It's because, gosh, I'm stressed, I'm busy, and they've got time to chat. And so it's about me. But what do we have to do when we become a manager? We have to forget about me. And so it's worth taking that extra time. And so what are some things, maybe even inadvertently, that you are doing to discourage sociability with your team? Or maybe what are some things that you are very intentionally doing because you see it as a waste of time? What are some things that you think, you know, my team's always doing this. I've got these two people or three people, and it seems like they're always doing these things, and it's so frustrating. And maybe what you're really doing is you're discouraging sociability. One of the, uh, there are a lot of employment satisfaction surveys out there, um, and almost all of them will talk about this function at some point, this concept of sociability. Um, One of my favorites actually says, do you think you have a BFF at work? And... um, and I know a company that, that administers this, and that is part of their normal language, is my BFF at work. They talk about it all the time. Like, this is my BFF at work. This is my BFF at work. Well, we used to be, and they'll joke, you know, this used to be my BFF at work, but then they went to another department, and we don't get to talk anymore. You know, it's, it's, that's kind of normal conversation for them, is this concept of BFF at work. And, um, and with as much as I don't really understand all of the, um, uh, you know, all of that, the slang, I guess it would be, like, I get that. You get that concept that, like, if you feel like you have a, a real friend at work, someone that you can hang out with, confide in. You're going to see that person more than you're going to see your family. And at least in the case of your spouse, you got to choose them. You didn't even get to choose the people you work with. But you're going to spend time with them. So if you can build those relationships, now you're loyal to the company, you're loyal to the people around you. And so what, what are some ways that you may be discouraging that in your role? And so let's take this, this second question, and then we're going to take it to the next step. And that is, 
how can you further encourage and participate in the sociability aspect with your team? Maybe you can't implement a wiffle ball tournament in the rain, okay? I get that, but there probably are some little things that you could do to encourage that sociability. Now, again, what I want to do is I want to caution you that you cannot leave here today and say, okay, I'm going to be social with my team. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk. It's going to be awesome. We're all going to be best friends. If that's not you naturally, that's going to be really, really awkward whenever you leave here, okay? So don't try to do that. It has to be very natural. And, and, and the way that I would... The way that I would encourage you to think about that is, we're going to go out on a limb here. Let's think about them as real people. Like every other social interaction you would have. They're just people. Talk to them like real people. That's what really is going to start encouraging the sociability with your team. You know, the other thing that happens whenever we encourage this, um, and I'll give you one example of a great way to encourage sociability is group projects. Put people together. Let them work together. Don't keep people segregated. Don't keep them separate if they don't have to be. If these two or three people work well together, that's key. If they work well together, effectively and efficiently, and they can do it while being social, let them. Put them on projects together. That promotes cross-training. That promotes loyalty. Their day flies by, they're happy to come to work, everything about that's positive. So that, that's one thing that you might try to think of. What are, some, what are some things that you can do in your area of responsibility just to help bring people together like that? But, but so as we had talked about this last question, and this is for you specifically, what do you need to do to be cautious to not blur the lines of management? And for each person, this is different. You know, so maybe it is like, hey, you know, I love hanging out with my friends to go watch Monday Night Football. Probably not a good idea for me to ask members of my team to go do the same thing, okay? And I don't know, maybe it is. Like, that's something you have to figure out, is where is that line? What makes sense and what doesn't? As you start to um, participate in this with your team, those lines will start to get more and more blurred, and it's going to be up to you as the manager to keep it defined. Because that team member, as they start to feel that friendship, will say, hey, you know, me and my buds get together to watch Monday Night Football, you should come over. And with as fun as that may be, you have to say no. That's exactly right. It's the same with the drinking example. Like, you may love going down to Gambrina's and having a drink. That may, you may love doing that on a Friday night. And you may see people from your team down there, and that's fine. I encourage you to go over and say hello and ask them what they're doing out that night and tell them I hope you have a good time and it's good to get some time away from the kids. Like, that's wonderful. Have that conversation. Why? Because they're people. And we want to have those conversations with people. What I would encourage you not to do is say, hey, great, can I have a seat around on the house, right? Like, you don't do that. That's where you have to draw that line and say, like, I want to, I want to encourage this and I want you to know, like, I'm a real person too. Look at me. I'm out also, but I'm not out with you because I still have to create that line. But what you can do then on Monday is say, hey, did you have a good time? Did y'all have fun? What'd y'all do? Tell me about it. It's, 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 it's really simple if you just think like just people, just people. But understand also within those people, you are, you are going to be accountable to a higher standard. And you, you took on that responsibility when you decided to become a manager. People need to hear a job well done this recognition piece is what ties it all together. So we've created a definition, we give people the freedom to go out, we, we encourage them to communicate and build relationships with their team and with each other and with you, but then we've also got to make sure we're circling around and we're recognizing people for a job well done. 
Sociability, autonomy, and recognition over and over and over and over again in job satisfaction surveys is consistently, those three things are consistently higher than pay in job satisfaction. Sociability, autonomy, and recognition, and they come in different orders at different times. I have them in this order for a reason, because I believe it has to start with that foundation. It has to start with you. You've got to define roles and expectations. You need to give people the freedom to go, encourage those relationships, and this recognition is kind of the, it's what ties it all together. So as we go through this whole building process, this is the end result. This is where you tie it in to what you did in this definition piece. This is where you go in and you encourage, you provide um, you provide positive reinforcement, you provide recalibration of the expectations that you've created. People want to hear a job well done. Here's the challenge that you have in this. You typically are going to resort to the recognition method that you prefer. So everybody's different, okay? We know that. And, um, and what you have to understand is how each person on your team prefers to be recognized. And then you have to recognize them in that way. And the reason being because it's not about you, right? It's about them. And so you've got to make sure that you are stepping out of your own way to find ways to recognize people. Now, a few challenges come into this. One is this. If I'm standing here and I've got 100 people in a straight line in front of me and all of them are lined up perfectly, I'm only going to see one person. And then right about number 50, they're kind of stepping out a little bit. They're out of place. They're not where they're supposed to be. When I'm standing here, what am I going to see? I'm going to see the one person out of place, and that's what I'm going to recognize. And I'm going to say, you're wrong. You, number 50, you are wrong. But i got 99 other people that are doing it right. And where I fail my people is when I don't tell them they're doing it right. And so if I'm going to be selfless and not selfish, I need to move over so that I can see everything so I can see everybody, so I can see what's being done right. I need to get out of my own way so that I can see what's happening in front of me. And that's gonna be your responsibility to do. And so we oftentimes see the wrong, it's very difficult to see the right because we expect it to be right. And so we have to really, we have to very consciously think about what are we seeing that's working? What are people doing that they should be doing? And we need to recognize those things. Now, preferred method of recognition. Um, you typically are going to revert back to your form, your preferred method of recognition. If you like just a one-on-one, -on -one, job well done, pat on the back, that's what you're going to do for everybody around you. And that's not bad, but for some people that means nothing. Some people want public recognition. You know, maybe it's something just as simple as they want the team to know. Other people, like they want a press release, they want the newspaper to know about it, and I want it on Facebook, and I want it on Twitter, and I want selfies with like duck lips and peace signs, right? Like this is gonna be awesome, look how great of a job I did. And I, I personally can't stand that, but guess what? It's not about me, right? Who's it about? Them. So if that's what they need, guess what I'm gonna do? Hey, Facebook, check out what just happened here. Okay? So. My preferred method of recognition is one-on-one, -on -one, pat on the back. That's what I prefer. Now, here's the challenge that you run into. As a manager, you've got to determine for each person on your team what that is. Because if you take someone that likes that one-on-one -on -one recognition, pat on the back, and you give them the public press release, they are embarrassed. And what happens? If they're embarrassed, they don't want to do it again because they don't want that recognition. And now you've just hindered your ability for them to be successful. You've actually hurt yourself and you've hurt them more than you have helped. And the same holds true for the person that loves public recognition 
and you give them a little pat on the back and say, hey, nice job. They didn't even hear you talk. They were not recognized. And so, and I, I learned this the hard way. I uh, had a gentleman that worked for me that was amazing at what he did. He was an account executive and managed some of our largest clients. And he was incredible. And I told him every time we talked. So at that point, I had weekly one-on-ones, one-hour one-on-ones with every member of my team. And every time we sat down, I would say, man, that was great. Hey, I overheard that conversation. That was wonderful. We traveled a lot to go visit our clients. Hey, last week, whenever we were, you know, wherever, down in Miami, and we were with this person, just want you to know the way that you managed that meeting, it was, you did such a great job. I'm so proud of what you're doing and everything. I, it was constant. I mean, like, I felt like I was stroking his ego constantly to the point that it was very uncomfortable for me. It was nonstop. And so what we had was um, I had developed a a tool in which we went through, um, we met every week, and then once a month we would kind of look at this um, career development plan, and then quarterly we would review that, and it was just something I'd incorporated along with the annual review to kind of help people get to the career path that they wanted. And so um, one of the things that I would do in that monthly session is say, what can I do, you know, manager's mirror, right, what can I do to help support you? What additional tools and support do you need that I am not providing for you right now? And so we sat down after I felt like I'd constantly stroked this guy's ego, and I said, what else can I do for you? You're doing such a great job, what else can I do? And he said, I'd like to be recognized a little bit more. And I mean, my head was about to explode. I couldn't believe it. I was like, are you serious? I mean, like, I feel like all I do is tell you how great of a job you're doing. Like, that's, that's all I say whenever we're together. But here's the problem. He didn't hear that. He wanted public recognition. He wanted his team to know. Now, he didn't need it in the monthly newsletter, but he wanted his team to know how good of a job he's doing. Now, I'm going to be honest. I did not follow my rules whenever that happened. I was mad because I got real selfish there. And I thought, how can he possibly say that? Like, I have gone out of my way to recognize him. I've not gone out of my way to tell him how good of a job he's doing. And he's going to sit here and tell me that what I can do to support him better is recognize him more. And I thought, what kind of ego do you have to have to need me to do that? And then you know what I realized? That kind of ego. And you know what I did in the next team meeting? Everyone, just want to let you know how great of a job he's doing. Because what's it matter? Get out of my own way. Tell him he did a good job. Because what's he going to do next time? The, thing, the same thing that I just gave positive reinforcement on. The thing that I said, you know, if you do more of this, you're going to continue to excel in this role. That's what he's going to do. But when I kept telling him one-on-one, -on -one, I might as well just kept my mouth shut. I should have been talking to a wall. He didn't hear it. And that was my fault because I did not recognize what his preferred method of recognition is. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. And you've got to get your ego out of the way and say, this is what I need to do. But don't think that just because it's the way you want it done, that's the way that everybody's gonna want it done. Now, here's the beauty of this. It's so simple to figure out. If I walk up to someone passing them in the hall, and I say, hey, saw what you did yesterday, nice job, and they glow, that's their preferred, preferred method of recognition. Real simple. If I tell them, and they say, oh, okay, thanks, it's probably not it. And if you mention it in a team meeting, or you put it in an email, and you get that little smile on their face, that twinkle in their eye, guess what? That's their preferred method. Do it again. It's really easy to figure. You can figure it out before the end of this week with every member on your team what their preferred method is. Take note of it. Pay attention to it. 
and do it over again. And that's how you're going to recalibrate. That's how you're going to make sure that they don't start creating their own expectations. If you've done the definition piece successfully, you've created, you have, you have defined for them what the expectations, what the goals, what the strategies are. And so what we're going to do is we circle this back around in the recognition piece and we make sure that they know you're hitting the mark, you're hitting the mark, you're hitting the mark. Hey, wait a second, maybe you didn't hit the mark there. Now you're hitting it again. And then we constantly recalibrate. We constantly remind them, this is the mark. That's not the mark. This is the mark. Hey, I know you did this thing, and you think that's good, and it is good. I'm so proud of you for doing that. But ultimately, this is the mark, and this is where we're focusing on this mark. This is our target. So it's, we don't want to use this as an opportunity to tear people down. We say, oh, I saw the, the insurance producer. I saw you brought in 50 new clients. That's great. Here's what I'd love you to focus on. Let's see how we can get those 50 new clients to a million-dollar book of business. Let's keep focusing on that. Great job on the 50 new clients. That's a great start. You did a good job here. And the power of and, what would be even better is if we continue to do this. Not, yeah, you brought in 50, but you know what you just said? I ignore everything I said before that. You brought in 50 new clients. That's great. And what we can really focus on now is bringing in a million dollars in a book of business. As opposed to saying, you know, you brought in those 50 new clients, but our real goal is... It doesn't matter what else you said. They did not hear that they did a good job. So it's up to you to figure out what that is, and that's how you get to reinforce definition. Now, I'm going to caution you on one more thing. This has to be authentic. So again, don't leave here today. Go straight to your team and say, great job, everybody. This is wonderful, and I just I can't tell you how appreciative I am of everything that you do, and I want you to just keep doing it, and this is amazing. Because they're going to say, yep, went to a training today. Now we're, we're shifting gears. And next week, we'll be right back to where we were before. You can't do that. It has to be very authentic. And if you can't find something, there's a problem. And the problem's probably you, okay? I know I'm putting a lot of ownership on you because, frankly, there is when you take on that responsibility as a manager. But the problem's probably you. So if you are looking at even your, your, your bottom performer that we talked about in this definition piece, and you're looking at this, and you're looking at this bottom performer and you're saying, I can't figure out what it is they might be doing right, Get out of your way, look at them, and say, you know what? I don't need an A+. I need a C. And when you hit this C, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you you did a good job. Because now I want you to focus on that C again. I'll focus on the C, and then I'm going to try to get you to C+. Thank you for checking out today's Business Playmaker. Links to the resources discussed in today's episode are available in the show notes. For more information and resources from your host, you can visit him at www.kylegorman.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast for the latest episodes. And until next time, make it a great day.